Hey folks, it's Paul. Just a heads up, Kirk and I had a few technical issues while we were recording this episode, and as a result, the sound quality for the first 10 minutes or so isn't the best, but please just hang in there, and about 10 minutes into the episode is going to start to sound a lot better. Now here's the episode. It's Ray Gun. I'm Paul Champanelli. I am Kirk Pinchon. Hey, Kirk, how you doing? I'm fine in these times of weirdness, Paul. How are you? Oh, Kirk, I'm in mourning. Uh, yeah, understand. We let's let's do obituaries because yeah. we lost we lost a big one since we last convened. Yeah, crazy. Uh, Eddie Van Halen died. Yep. Uh, by the time anyone's listening to this podcast, it will be old news, yes. so we're not, like, breaking the news. Breaking news. You, I did hear about it from you. Yes. You texted me. That's how I found out. I immediately made a joke. Yes, because that's what you that's, do. That's what. I, that's how I handle <laughs> difficult emotions. Yeah. I'm childish. <laughs> yep. And I made um, a real, like, A to Z, like an A to, like, a, not even an A to C joke, like an A to F joke. <laughs> yeah. That's apt. That only you and I would get. Yes. I knew you would get it. So I guess I should tell, say what I said, even though it's, I mean, it's it's a music joke. So Yeah, say. 10 times has passed, so. You texted me, Eddie Van Halen died. Yep. And I texted back something like, who's going to get on the horn to Nuno Betancourt? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I did laugh. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad you laughed. I did laugh. You, you responded with something to acknowledge that you got yes. the reference. yes. I think I responded with So can you explain my own joke back to you? Nino Bentoncourt is the other half of Extreme. Yes. Who is the guitarist for Extreme. And Gary Cherone was the third lead singer of Van Halen and the second best lead singer of Van Halen. (laughs) He was the lead singer of Van Halen for like two months in 1997. Yeah. They did one album. Don't know the album, yeah. but there was one great song, and I will defend that song to the death. Um, right. So it was, a, it was a deep cut joke, so I did appreciate that. Yes, I was implying that since they once replaced one of their lead singers yeah. with the lead singer from Extreme, now that they've lost their lead guitarist, they should replace him <laughs> with the lead guitar player from Extreme. I mean, that would be... Which is absurd. Super funny if they did do that. I didn't mean it as disrespect... No. ...to Eddie Van Halen... Uh, who's great, of course. Yes. I only wanted to make a really nerdy music reference that you would Yes, get. it's a deep cut that you have to know several different references to get, so that's why I appreciated it. Right, and that's really what this dumb podcast <laughs> exactly. is about, is is you and me just making music rep, pop music reference. And going, uh-huh, yeah, see, got it. Yep, that's what we yes. do. But I didn't mean to imply that I think Eddie Van Halen, that I wasn't sad that he was dead yeah. or that he was easily replaceable Yes, by Hudson, Massachusetts' own Nuno Bencourt. Um But yeah, of course, that is that sad news. What was, what What did you think of when you heard It's Eddie so died? funny because when I tell people, I was like, oh, that's, and so many people just associate that I don't like rock and roll. So mm-hmm. people were just like, oh, you liked Van Halen? I'm like, yeah, I was a kid in the 80s. <laughs> of course. Yeah, 1984 cut came out and everyone loved yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It was great. And I uh, yeah. 
I enjoyed I enjoyed the David Lee Roth stuff, all the hits when they came out. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed maybe thirty percent of uh, Van Hagar. <laughs> Sammy Hagar. Some of it was really good. Most of it I hated. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously Eddie Van Halen. I mean, you know, I people have said it. This is not me, the first person who said it, but like they're like Hendrix, and then like almost right below in terms of virtuosity is 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 yeah, Eddie exactly. Van Halen. I I'm. I, when I say that I was never a big Van Halen fan, I don't mean that I disliked them, just that I loved all the radio hits that everybody knew and liked. I just never dove deeper. Yes. I never like bought any Van Halen albums. But I understand the virtuoso guitar player that Eddie Van Halen was and how he just reinvented electric guitar playing. Yeah. And appreciate him for that. So it is a major loss. It is. It is. And made it look so easy, too. Yeah, and fun. Like he was always smiley and looked yeah. like he was having the best time ever playing guitar. Yeah, it's like the, he all never. He, he was to do. never. Eddie Van Halen was great because he never affected that thing of like, oh, I have to look cool when I play the guitar. <laughs> exactly. I have to he stare down. Like I'm just having the best time. Yeah, he's like, I'm doing the thing that I love, mm. so I'm happy with that. That's why. That's why David Lee Roth Van Halen was so great because both of them were like, that. yeah, like they were just. They they just acknowledge like rock and roll is goofy fun and we're not gonna like pretend like we're the coolest guys in yeah. the world. Yeah, well, like we're just having a good time. Yeah, and even to add to that too, you think like if he wanted to, Eddie Van Halen with his guitar playing could have been like real pretentious, like real yeah. like technical and real in super Malmsteen. exactly. And he's just like, <laughs> no, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fucking shred and rock out because that's yeah. the fun part. Yeah. And that should that should be applauded. And he played on Beat It. For free. For free. Yeah, I just learned that part recently. He just like he was he didn't, a, he didn't make a dime off of Beat It. That's what he claims. He mm. said, and not not bitterly, he just says yeah. that he he was always like a big Quincy Jones fan and was like, Yeah, I'll do this thing for free. And basically like played it twice. Like figured wow. it out and goes, Okay, let's just do it. And then did it. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, see ya. Yeah. It's amazing. It's yeah. R.I.P. Eddie Van Halen. I want to uh, point out another obituary, someone who died, I think, on the same day or right after and sort of got Groucho Marxed out. Uh, not that he was, <laughs> yeah. like, so big. Uh, but uh, Johnny Nash also died. Uh, Singer of I Can See, I can see Clearly, clearly now. now. The only song yeah. of his that I know, but a great song. Uh, a really great song. Yes. I associate that song with elementary school music class because we had this like hippie music teacher named Ms. McDonald who like made us sing that song as a class mm-hmm. in music class when I was in like second or third grade. <laughs> that makes you know, sense. Passed around all those instruments yeah. like the wood block. Yeah and you're and, just like clank clank. clank. The, yeah. <laughs> yes and she had like lyric sheets and they had a little bio of Johnny Nash on it. Yeah. And we all had to learn I can see clearly now. Now you would think that experience would make me hate that song, but it's such a good, like, undeniable, positive song. Yes, that that the the cheesiness of learning it in elementary school did not tarnish it for me. I still really appreciate that song whenever I hear it. Which is really funny because that's probably how I heard it 
in elementary school because I was that song was around <laughs> when I was in elementary school. Yeah, it was a big hit for me. Because, this was we're talking about like ninety one. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was like almost so. twenty years later. Yeah, then yeah, yeah. still listening to it. It may so it makes me it does make me to think of elementary school, and then it also makes me think of every single rom com that's ever been filmed. Like that has that song in it, and <laughs> rightfully so. It feels like <laughs> yeah. it. It feels like oh, well, let's do a montage. Uh, uh, let's get Johnny Nash. I can see clearly now. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. So R.I.P. Uh, Eddie Van Halen and Johnny Nash. Yes. Yes. Uh, so hopefully you have something brighter and more fun to talk about than dead celebrities. I, <laughs> I do for me and for you too. I think you'll be excited to hear this. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, now in the, by the time this comes out, it will probably be, yes, this podcast will have already started. There is a new podcast out, uh, a short series, uh, hosted by Taraji P. Henson called Jacked, the story of New Jack Swing. Yeah. I think, didn't I tell you about this? Yes. It's officially coming out this month. Um, oh no, November, sorry, November 17th. So you have time. November 17th is the mm-hmm. premiere of Jacked, the story of New Jack Swing. Amazing. And I'm nervous and I'm also that Jagoff who's like, I can't believe they didn't like call me. <laughs> like, don't they know that I'm an authority and that they should have just kind of checked in with me on stuff? <laughs> and which just makes no sense but so i'm very excited well, to listen to it and very excited to be like look, hmm, how do they do how do they do in your career have you ever written any articles about new jack swing no no okay well you do have this podcast yes i do you do have it exists on the internet your name attached to this podcast yes and you did an all new jack we did a swing whole episode. fucking episode of it you know, you'd think they would have at least, like, Googled New Jack Swing podcast yep. to see what else was out there. Yep. Um, but they didn't so do yeah, their homework. Uh, they didn't do their I'm homework. annoyed for you. Yeah. yeah. But I'm very excited to hear it, hear what they have to say, hear who they have to talk to. It's only, like, four or five episodes, but I'm very excited. November 17th. <laughs> that won't be – you don't think they'll dive deep enough into the history of New Jack Swing in, in four hours to satisfy you? <laughs> they better. Let's see. Let's see who they talk to. They better – like – because I, I want them to go deep. Like if they're like just stopping at – which I'm sure they won't. But they're like, oh, Bobby Brown, guy. Yeah. And then they just kind of stop. I'm like, oh, call me because you did it wrong. No, I mean think – the episodes are probably going to be 45 minutes to an yeah. hour. It, there are four of them. So essentially we're talking about a four-hour documentary about New Jack Swing. Not long enough, Paul. <laughs> I want the Ken Burns Vietnam War documentary length. <laughs> well, I, no, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, too. so that should yeah. be fun. Jacked, the story of New Jack Swing. Well, now it's time for Don't At Me. Okay, Don't At Me is the part of the episode when Kirk and I each say a hot take or an unpopular opinion about something in music, but we don't care about anyone else's opinion, so please do not at us. Please. You want to bat first or second? I'll Sports bat first. You want to go first? <laughs> we okay. did it. Um, yeah, I will go first. I wrote this like six days ago. 
but mm-hmm. it's still apt. Okay. My wife just told me Thriller is better than Billie Jean, and I'm ready to leave her because she is fucking wrong. Don't at me. Wow. Yeah, uh, right? Look, I mean, it's no surprise to you or anyone that I like Anne better than you. That's <laughs> yeah, like yes. Anne's, yeah, <laughs> Anne's fantastic, and I'm usually on her side. Yes, uh, part of the course. Not this time. Not Way this wrong. Time. No. Like, I can't even be like, oh, well, I mean, difference of opinion, tomato, tomato. I'm just yeah, like, no. no. Even the kids were like, no. No. <laughs> you yeah. and I are, well, I mean, I don't think there's a thing we've established <laughs> more or agreed upon more fervently than that the song Thriller is bad. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Worst, ab- worst cut on the album. It's not, yeah, it's not even good compared to, it's not even good compared to, I'm trying to think of a song on thriller that's meh but none of them are meh i mean uh oh i would say it's it's the next meh is uh, the girl is mine it's not that's not great yeah okay i I prefer the girl is mine to thriller. i prefer the girl is mine over thriller i prefer i prefer in the closet to i (laughs) I prefer liberian girl to the closet yes. yes Yeah, it's, so, thriller is not even as good as no. Liberian Girl. From and that. it was just—it was just one of those. We were cleaning up after dinner, and uh, I, I think it, we just had it on a random, uh, random Pandora station, and I think it was playing Thriller. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, this is better than that. just out of the blue." Just said it, and we were all just like, "What?" And she's like, "No, Billie Jean's terrible." And I was like, "Oh my oh, god!" She thinks it's terrible. Yes, and I just found this out. We've been together twenty-four years. Wow, she's just practicing for her don't at me. She, I think she's angling to be on the show. So she's <laughs> trying to, so. She's throwing out hot takes. She's trying to take over my job. I mean, there are very few Michael Jackson songs that are better than Billie Jean. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, agree. Agree. Yeah. And that's one of the top songs. Definitely. It's not... If someone said Billie Jean's their favorite song on Thriller, I'd be like, yeah, that, that makes sense. It's not mine, but... Uh, but that's fine if, if it's, it's not. If it's, it's not mine either. Says, Ooh, yeah. on the count of three, let's say each other's. Let's say our favorite Michael Jackson off Thriller. Let me know okay. when you're ready. Yeah. Okay. One, One two, three. Want to be human nature? Something. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> yeah. good too, though. Now I actually like uh, the SWV song that samples human that's nature. That's true. You have human nature. That was a that was a that was a deep don't at me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> deep don't at me. Um, All right, here's... Uh, oh, did you want to add no, that before was it. I do mine? I'm okay. good. We're, we're going to work through it. Um, we're living in the darkest timeline. That Like, that's not shocking news to anyone at this point. This is very clearly the darkest timeline. Yes. You could argue when our existence forked into the darkest timeline. You know, you would maybe you would say some people would say when Trump was elected, some people mm-hmm. would say nine eleven, some people you know, whatever disaster forked us into the darkest timeline. I say the darkest timeline that we're living in began February nineteenth, nineteen eighty. Do you know what happened on that date? Uh it wasn't John Lennon died, was it? No, he died in December. Of okay. Okay. But uh, it, it is about someone who died. I don't know then. That's the day Bon Scott died. Oh, 
Bon Scott of ACDC dying was not supposed to happen, and it sent us into the darkest timeline. Don't at me. That is a real long dark time. We've been in the dark time for a long time if you're yeah. if your facts check out, which yeah. they do, obviously. No, I believe that to be the case. That was uh, a weird kink in the universe. He wasn't supposed to die that night, and it, it everything has been terrible since then, and that's why. So the sliding doors of that is everything is perfect, or as close to perfect if he's still alive? No, life is never perfect, but it's wouldn't Better be than this shit. Bad things would still have happened in the last forty years. Yeah. But we wouldn't be in the darkest timeline. That was a mistake that I'm still waiting for Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell <laughs> to go back and fix. So that uh, we So that we, you know, have the universe set right. Set right that once mean went wrong. You regret back in black. Uh I, you know, I love Back in Black, and 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 I don't think that there's anything wrong with Brian Johnson mm-hmm. or his performances in ACDC. I'm not saying ACDC sucked after Bon Scott. I'm not saying that. I still like post Bon Scott ACDC. This isn't a mm-hmm. criticism of anything ACDC. I'm just saying Bon Scott wasn't supposed to die. Okay, okay. that's all I'm saying. It was. Things, it, it, it's so. It's just wrong that it happened. It's just so wrong that I believe that was the moment we entered the darkest timeline. Think about how dark that is for me, Kirk. I was born in 1982. That means I've never experienced the correct timeline. <laughs> I spent my whole life in the it, shadows, or whatever it is that know, Bane says in that dumb movie. I think it's the shadows. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't know what it's like to listen to. Dirty deeds and go. Who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, um, I just think there's something basically wrong with the fact that he died. I think that was a, I can't, a mistake in the universe. It was God's mistake. I can't say you're right, but then again, I can't refute that. I can't. Yeah. It's irrefutable. Yeah. People say, why does God? take good people why did you know innocent children suffer and people say god works in mysterious ways and you know if you're willing to buy that that's fine but i believe god's mistake was was you know he, he took bon scott and he was like whoops ooh, ooh no i mean i didn't mean to do that like, ah, oh no like, i just meant to I the make him get really sick and, oh no oh sorry you guys yeah. uh, <laughs> oh. he's like you know what just Let's just move on. Let's just move on. We'll, let's yeah. just keep going. It'll be. We shouldn't we'll, have lost it. Work itself bon, out eventually. bon Scott was a being of pure light on this planet, and uh, and we needed him, and and we lost him before we were supposed to. I believe that. And we need him now. And I believe that as someone who's never existed in the universe with him. Yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, yeah you're doubly lost. Uh, so don't at me. John right. Lennon. That happened. That happened uh, mere months later. I'm not even saying John Lennon's death was what started the darkest timeline. Bon Scott. It was Bon yep. Scott. Yep. Angel on Earth. Bon Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do believe that. Uh, but now it's time for the main event. While we're doing 
these pandemisodes during the COVID-19 pandemic. We're doing top fives where Kirk and I, for every pandemisode, select a topic for a nerdy music list. <laughs> then we each separately select our top five items for that list topic and count them down on the show. And something very unusual happened. Yeah. <laughs> when right? we were planning this episode. And when I say planning this episode, I mean I texted you less than a week ago and said, uh, you have any ideas for top fives? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't. And you said the most shocking thing you've ever said to me. You pitched two ideas. And the second yes. idea was, or I don't know, something about the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, that's how I left it. Something about the Beatles. And... I had to buy a new phone because I dropped my phone and it shattered into a thousand. It just was dust from the shock. It it Um, disappeared. Yeah. Because you hate the Beatles. I dislike the Beatles. Oh, okay. I'm sure in the past you've said hate. I hate a lot of their stuff. It's hard to say hate because I like Sgt. Pepper's. Okay. Can we say you strongly dislike the Beatles? Strongly dislike, definitely. Definitely. Well, you said something about the Beatles, which shocked me. And I said, well, let's do Beatles covers. Because then that way you can talk about the Beatles without talking about the Beatles. Because I I can't imagine how you would. Yeah. (laughs) Or like, uh, yeah. Um, So I gave you that out. But what made you even suggest that we talk about the Beatles? Because I'm always ready to talk about the Beatles. I think it was... How can we be a music podcast and not have talked about the Beatles <laughs> yeah, at yeah. length for as long as we've been doing this podcast? Yeah. So strap in, everybody. Here's two <laughs> middle-aged white guys talking about the Beatles on a podcast. Finally. Never before. Finally. God. Oh, Finally. It's about time. <laughs> it's our time to shine. Look, we are going to uh, hit our fourth anniversary of doing this show crazy in, in, in next february so what three and a half years and and we've never we've talked about the beatles before but we've never focused on them so thank you for giving me this exactly gift, exactly giving me this gift we're gonna do our top <laughs> you five welcome. you are welcome beatles covers and even that is so hard because they're the most covered band of all time it's it might funny. as well just be like top five songs that exist in the universe. <laughs> top top five things that have music in them. Yeah. Um, this was super easy for me. Uh, well, yeah. you. Real, I mean, real easy. I, no shade, but I'm sure I know way more Beatles covers than you. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. I'm way more there passionate only, about them than you. So. There was only one that I looked up and I was like, holy shit, they did that? Oh, I'm putting that in. Everything else was like kind of on the tip of my tongue. The only one, my number four I had to look up and I have an honorable mention that I forgot about. We might have talked about, but I put it as honorable mention. It's um, Rockwell doing Taxman. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, uh... I think we talked about it and I was like, I think you brought it up. I, I, I remembered that while I was thinking about this episode, and I was like, I'm not going to bring it up because I'm sure Kirk might. But yeah. But that's your honorable mention, oh, I did. Rockwell's Tax Man. That's my honorable mention just because mm-hmm. it's ridiculous that he's doing it. It's so bad. It's 
Almost criminal. <laughs> I love all Beatles covers. I'll just say that. I love anyone's interpretation of a Beatles song. Wow. Um, so you've never you've never been like, wow, they really fucked that up. Not really, because I don't know. Well, wow. my honor. I'll tell you what my honorable mentions are. Okay. One is, um, of course, William Shatner's "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds." Yeah. Oh, forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Picture yourself in a boat on a river. <laughs> The girl with kaleidoscope. Uh, I forgot all about that. <laughs> um, and then my other honorable mention is everything on the soundtrack to the Sgt. Pepper's movie. Because how am I going to pick between like Steve Martin doing Maxwell Silverhammer yeah. or George Burns doing Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite? Like all that crap is all on one album. So it's just it's its own honorable mention. I'm not going to try to cherry pick one from that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That that nightmare scape of a, <laughs> <laughs> of a tribute, as Tri- I did yes, quotes. quote unquote. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll let you uh, wrap this one up, so I'll kick it off. Oh, okay. All right. No, my number five Beatles cover for this list is by uh, a hip hop trio. Who I know you love, the Fat Boys. Oh, they did a cover. The Fat Boys on the Disorderly soundtrack did a rap version of the Beatles single "Baby, You're a Rich Man." Oh, fuck them! Do you know <laughs> why do you hate the Fat Boys? Because. They're a novelty act, and their rhymes and their beats are horrible. How are they? This is for they were in the early to mid eighties when every rap group was a novelty act. They were doing the same thing. What they were doing? They were doing what Bismarcky was doing. They were doing like no. There was still there was Houdini. There was Curtis Blow. Big Daddy Kane around no, the I know, but do you, are, are they are they a novelty act because they're fat guys and they're called the Fat Boys? Are they a novelty act because they do sort of whack beatboxing? Like because all their songs were about food. <laughs> so we're weird ass. <laughs> yeah, he's a novelty act. <laughs> but the Fat Boys are fun, and Baby or Rich Man isn't about food. It's a Beatles cover, and it's a good one. <laughs> they have their own. Is it verses? But the, yeah, and they do their, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, their their fat boys yeah. thing, um, and it's such a weird song anyway, and such a weird one for this hip hop novelty act, yeah, to cover. Uh, but but <laughs> like that one from the Disorderlies movie, they did, "Baby, You're oh, a Rich Man" my God. by the Beatles. Also, that it's on a soundtrack for a movie that they starred in. Right, that's right. Wow. <laughs> wow, you started off hard, Paul. Yeah, baby, you're rich, which is actually um, one of my favorite Beatles songs. It's a cool song. Oh, and I genuinely uh, don't. Shocking. I genuinely don't think the Fat Boys like butchered it or made fun of it. I think it's an interesting take. I'm sure they did what they normally do. It's got I'll a cool it little that. synth line that carries the the little hook part. Um, mm-hmm. I, I even hate that I said the little hook. Like, I'm sort of softly being dismissive of it, 
But I, I don't mean to be because I think the fat boys are legit. I think that you are a sourpuss and uh, you think you're too cool for the fat boys. I am too cool for the fat boys. They were so cool that there was a group that copied them that were called the Skinny Boys. Yeah, I know. You remember How'd the Skinny do? Boys? I know by name. I do vaguely remember them. The Skinny Boys do that song, You Gotta Be Fresh, that they use for the theme song to the TV show Workaholics. No shit, yeah. On oh Comedy my God, Central. I totally forgot about that. That's right. Tangent. Um, What's your number five? My number five yeah. is a definitive outlier for me. Might be the first time we've ever brought up this artist on the show. Also, from a soundtrack. Uh, the soundtrack okay. is For the Boys. The artist is Bette Midler, and the song is In My Life. Oh, wow. That's a <laughs> frequently, frequently covered Beatles song, and I don't think I've ever yes. heard Bette Midler's version of it. I just happened to remember it because I was going through... Like, who did the cover of In My Life? And you're like, oh, my God, so many people thought it. And it's a Sean beautiful Connery. song. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> all of that. And I was like, I don't want to put these if I don't really mean it. And then I just remembered. I was like, oh, yeah, she did it in For the Boys. And it's very good. It's very, very similar. She didn't try to fuck with it. And it's yeah. very sincere. And she, like, she gets, like, the melancholy of it, I think. Get a little tinge of sadness in there. It's uh, the nostalgia of the song. She kind of nails mm-hmm. it. Um, and it just kind of, I mean, I don't listen to it often. I, I haven't listened to it in years. But it just popped into my head. I was like, oh, yeah, that was really good. Like, she took a Beatles song and didn't ruin it. I stand Bette Midler. I think she's great. I don't think she <clears> could ruin a song unless she tried to. But yeah, I've never heard great her version of yeah. In My Life. So how do you know it? Was yeah. it like a single off of that soundtrack? Was it on the radio? I I don't really know if it was on the radio, to be honest with you. But the it's the movie For the Boys, which I think is like 90, 91. It's her and James Caan. Is it Drew Barrymore in that? No. This is like a James Caan plays like the manager of Bette Midler who like throughout the years from like World War II on is a singer and you see them through the oh he's a, they're like performers together okay. and I think James Conn yeah yeah weird and he and I think she I think the scene is she's singing in my life to the troops in Vietnam maybe mm. I think that's what it was but that was my favorite moment of. I didn't really like the movie, but that was my favorite moment of the movie. So I think it just stood out. So you just saw the movie and it stood out. I, I've never seen the movie. In fact, I realize now yeah. I was thinking of Boys on the Side, not for the boys. Ah, yes, Boys on the Side. Yes, different. That's what I thought you were talking about. That's what I thought yes. you were talking about. But and that when is. You were uh, saying she did this song on the soundtrack. I didn't think she was in the movie. <laughs> You're like what? No, yeah. for the boys. For the boys. In my life, good tune. That's my number five. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Very sweet. Okay. My number four Beatles cover is by a hip-hop trio who I know you love. The Beastie 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 Boys. (laughs) I do love that trio. This time, I I mean it that I know that you love the Beastie Boys. Um, As do I much more than the Fat Boys. Yes, obviously. Uh, the Beastie Boys did a cover 
of the Beatles, I'm Down. Do you know that song? I bet you I know that song. The reason why you might not is because they recorded it for License to Ill, and it's not on License to Ill. No, but the, I'm trying to think of the Beatles song that they're... Oh, the Beatles song was a single. It was the B-side to Help from okay. 1965. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so the Beasties did it in, like, 86 for License to Ill. So it's real peak, like, snotty Beastie Boys, yeah. you know? And even for... Even compared to other License to Ill tracks, it's, like, like super-duper snotty. Uh, <laughs> which is why I love it. The story goes yeah. that they recorded it for the album and then it, they couldn't put it on the album because by then Michael Jackson owned the rights to all those yeah. Beatles songs and he didn't like that they used naughty language. Mm-hmm. So he didn't give them permission to wow. put it on the album. So it was never commercially released but like you can find it on YouTube and it's been yeah. on bootleg since forever. So it's easy to find, it's just not officially. Uh, and it's great cover of this like mid-period pretty straight up and down Beatles songs and they just Beastie Boys the fuck out of it does it sound like that early Beastie Boys License to Ill vibe very much so and it's it's a lot like the <clears throat> Fat Boys cover of Baby You're a Rich Man where like they rap original verses and then you <clears throat> know the chorus and the hook is built around the song uh, down by the Beastie okay. Boys which oh, I like so that funny. approach like you know that works better for a rap song. I, mm-hmm. That's true. If you're going to cover a Beatles song, do that. Don't fucking rap the actual entire song. Right. But it's also more than just like sampling a Beatles song. Yeah. It's, you know, they're actually performing the Beatles song on the choruses, but then they still write Beasties rhymes. Yeah. For the verses. Uh, so it's really great. This one, I bet you'll like. I got to go on YouTube and look that up because that's fascinating. Yeah. I, did and not, also, I did not know that. And I also like it just because I'm down just sort of sounds vaguely like hip hop slang. So if you saw that as a Beastie Boys track, you wouldn't necessarily go like, oh, is that a cover of the Beatles? <laughs> like you would just be like, no, that sounds like the title of a Beastie Boys song. Yeah, 100%. Right? I'm Absolutely. down. And then you start playing it and you're like, holy shit, this is a Beatles cover. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to definitely check that one out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number four is the one song that I didn't know this group had covered, and I got super excited when I saw it. Uh-huh. Uh, we've talked about them. We both love them very much. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the Brothers Johnson's doing Come Together. Oh, Del yeah. I did not even del know that yeah. they did it. Oh, Del yeah. Mm-hmm. Del yeah. Del yeah. Del oh, yeah. yeah. So good and so funky like not overly funky where they're like trying to make a new song they just make that song a little funkier Delia that's uh <laughs> I love that version that might be my favorite come together cover because I could see that come together is not it's like it's I don't it's not that I don't like I think I've said this before it's not that I don't like Come Together mm-hmm. it's just one of those songs I never need to hear again for the rest of my life because it's so overplayed on like classic rock radio yeah it's so over covered because it's yes. like the cool Beatles song you yeah know? It's, it's it's haunting and kind of scary yeah it's like yeah. Ooh, we can be a cool yeah. rock band and we don't feel like we're being you know 
too soft by doing a Beatles cover if we do Come Together because that's exactly. cool. It's a John song and it's cool. It's a John song. But it's like the Brothers Johnson version I have all the time in the world for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But you so didn't know good. about it until you started. I had no idea. Like the albums I have from the Brothers Johnson, it's not on there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a cool one. It's definitely yeah. cool Yeah. Super, super excited when I saw that. And then I played it and I was like, oh, yes. It's right in the Brothers Johnson's pocket. Yeah. But yet it's still the Beatles. Super good. Super good. Yeah, everyone covers the Beatles. You gotta wonder how many other bands you love have got. I bet Teddy Riley did a Beatles song at one point and you don't know about it. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. Wu Tang Clan did a Beatles song. Like everybody yeah. does the Beatles. Everyone does the Beatles. Uh okay. My uh, my next pick is a rail. Look how everyone does the Beatles cover. Uh <laughs> It is no secret that a lot of even Beatles fans hate the song Obladi Oblada. I do not hate oh, yeah. I do not hate Obladi Oblada. I love Obladi Oblada. It's a real Paul song. It's always the Paul song people bring up when they're Paul haters and they want to dunk on Paul. Is oh, it's their up, example. Yeah, they'll bring up Obladi Oblada. If you mm-hmm. don't like Obladi Oblada, try listening to the cover by Cuban legend Celia Cruz in her Spanish language cover of Obladi Oblada. I I don't know who that is. You don't know Celia Cruz? No, you would, so. if you heard Celia Cruz you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that Cuban singer that I've okay. heard all my life doing like Guantanamera and all these Oh, no, no, no. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, she there was a <laughs> Her version is on a a tribute album that came out in the mid-90s called Tropical Tribute to the Beatles. And it's all like (laughs) Cubano covers of Uh, Beatles songs. But Celia Cruz doing Obladi Oblada is something else. That's so like niche and themed. Yes. I mean, she's just a legend of that kind of music and i yeah. believe that if people think they don't like that song and then they listen to celia cruz's version it's so good it will make them change their minds about the song entirely and then retroactively like ah. the original beatles version it's like the remedy of it i i don't hate obladi obladi it's fine i'm like ah, it's i don't need to hear it but if it played i'd be like it's fine um, so I'd be curious to see how this one is if it's kind of got that uh, that uh, Cuban jazz tinge to it. Yes, it does. It does. Oh, nice. If you like that kind of thing, and I love Cuban music. Yeah, I enjoy Cuban jazz. Um, so if you like that kind of thing, give that yeah. one give that one a try. Oh, that That's is my number three. That's my number nice. three. Yeah. My number three is way weird, mm-hmm. and I only know it because I have several albums from this band and the song is on it um it's the crusaders doing eleanor rigby oh i don't know well who are the crusaders the crusaders are a jazz funk band that was big in the early 70s okay and they 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 weren't as i'm gonna say they're a little more jazz than funk Mm-hmm. But they're very well known in, in, in of that era. And when I inherited my dad's album collection, there were like five Crusader albums. And two of the albums have Eleanor Rigby on them. 
<laughs> and every time I forget, I always forget which one, but I'll play the Crusaders. And every time I'll put it on, I'm like, oh, this is the one that's got Eleanor Rigby on it. Ugh, I don't want to fucking play it. And then I'm like, no, I'll put it on. And I'll put it on. And every time I'm like, oh, yeah, this is good. It's instrumental. Yeah. It's an instrumental Eleanor Rigby. Oh, cool. Yeah, because they were mostly an instrumental jazz band, jazz funk band. So when you put, you think you don't even want to hear it, but then when it comes on, you're like, oh, wait, no, this is actually really good. And, like literally every time because I'll, I'll I'll put the Crusaders on. I'm like, oh, God, this is the moment with Eleanor Rigby. Or a lot of times I'll be like, oh, I want to play their live best of. And then I'll forget that Eleanor Rigby's on that, too. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, I'll just suffer through it. And then I'm like, oh, no, I'm not suffering through it. It's great. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. It's a legendary yeah. song. And this this reinforces something I believe about you and also something I believe about all self-confessed Beatles haters, Mm -hmm. people who say they don't like the Beatles, which is, no, shut up. You like the Beatles just fine. You're just being difficult because you want to, because you want to be cool, but you actually love the Beatles. Everyone loves the Beatles. Stop (laughs) saying you don't love the Beatles. I I disagree Uh, because as I've said, I like some of their stuff. I you're not far off. I love saying I hate the Beatles just to get people's reactions. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but I legit dislike their early stuff. Just don't have time for it. Don't want to hear any of that shit. Sure. Well, I mean, I'm not going to. You have a lot of people who say they don't like the Beatles when they start to explain why. And I don't think you've said this. will complain about like Beatles mania and... I get the feeling like people just think of the Beatles as early Beatles. Oh, see, now that's interesting because I would think that they would like the early Beatles stuff because mm-hmm. it's all pop and mm-hmm. fun. And that when they got a little out there and a little pretentious, they didn't like that part of the Beatles, the hippie uh. Beatles, which I like more. The yeah, early stuff, the early stuff, I'm like, I don't need to hear I want to hold your hand. Fuck that song. I don't give <laughs> well, that's why I feel like a lot of people just think of them as oldies. Right. Oh, well, they are. They are oldies, Paul. <laughs> well, sure, but like Nirvana's oldies now too. Sure, so. but the Beatles are like the definitive oldies band. Right. Yeah, but yeah, but I'm like, when you admit that, even when you're putting on an album by another band who has a cover of a Beatles song that makes yeah. you go, "Oh, I don't want to hear this," but then it comes on and you're like, "Oh, I was wrong. It was great." I'm like, what? Like, what other Beatles songs does Kirk not really know that well? Where if you played a cover of it for him, it would blow his mind, and then you'd be like, guess what? This is a Beatles song. You like the Beatles. <laughs> well, what I would respond to that would be, yeah, I like this version because they're doing it better than the Beatles. <laughs> because I don't need to really hear Eleanor Rigby by the Beatles, but I need to hear Eleanor Rigby by the Crusaders. That's fine. It's, it's a Paul song anyway. None of the other Beatles <laughs> even perform on it. Oh, Really? Yeah, it's just in fact Paul Paul does the vocals and then the only music on it is the strings that George Martin arranged. Oh, that's fun. Even Paul doesn't play an instrument on that. Track. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah that makes sense. It's yeah. just yeah. it's just the strings. Yeah. But it's a, it's a fine tune by the Crusaders. Cool. I don't know that version. I don't know that band. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. You do know the band who did my number 2 Beatles cover? And you like this band, and you might know this song. It's from their 1993 album, The Bliss Album. 
It is PM Dawn covering Norwegian Wood. I I considered putting that on. Did you? Okay, I yes. was a little worried that this one we might have our first overlap, but I didn't <laughs> want to not put it. I I didn't put it just because I didn't I didn't necessarily think oh Paul's going to put it. Yeah, I just didn't want to put it on because it it was more I like PM Dawn more than I like that song. Okay, um, I mean they really it's a it's a PM Dawn song like they really exactly. PM Dawned it up. It's they a very really early nineties yeah uh, hippie R and B version, but yes. Norwegian Wood lends itself very like the original version. You know, allow me to mansplain the Beatles to you right now, Kirk, because I don't know what you know and don't know about their history. But uh, George got really into the whole Indian mm-hmm. mysticism thing and started playing sitar on Beatles songs and things like that. Norwegian Norwegian Wood is the first song that George played sitar on. Oh, he I didn't, didn't really know, know how to play it, so he just kind of played it like a guitar. So mm-hmm. it's a very simple sitar playing, but mm-hmm. it does give it that sort of Eastern vibe. And mm-hmm. I think that lends itself very well to the PM Dawn yes. kind of hippified early 90s R&B vibe. Yes. Which makes it a really natural cover for them. And I genuinely like it. I think it's a, a great cover of one of my favorite songs. It's interesting how you said that. It's it, how it's a natural fit for PM Dawn, which yeah. it is. Because yeah. if it was any other rap group, you'd be like, what are you doing? Just, yeah. just stop. Stop yeah. stop doing that. You're not doing it. But PM Dawn, you go, no, that fits. Because they probably were like, we're doing Norwegian Wood because we love it. Yeah. It's on the yeah. same album as um, – um, I'm blanking on the name of our – uh, uh, It's not the first album. It's the second album for Norwegian Wood. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it's uh, I Die Without You. I Die Without You. Thank you. Kept, I wanted to say I Adore Mia Moore, which is going to be bad. <laughs> Which is a great song, and I could talk about it all day. I saw both acts at the same concert on the same day. It's, it's um, one of the most legendary. It's the most legendary day of your life. That it really I love. is. It really. I is. love that day of your life so yeah, much. No, PM Dawn's version of Nor- Norwegian Wood sits right next to "I Die Without You," and they go well together. Oh, they do. That's a good pairing. PM Dawn was great. Yeah. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah. Prince B. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. My number two, I'm almost positive I've talked about. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give a second. Don't at me, just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two is "Here Comes the Sun" by George Benson. Mm. Okay, and, I'm George Benson. I think has done a few Beatles covers, and I'm yes. not surprised you picked George yes. Benson for your list. Of yeah. course, he's my number two. I maintain this. Mm-hmm. George Benson's version of Here Comes the Sun is a truer version of the original Here Comes the Sun and does it better. Don't at me because <laughs> it's it gets to the heart of it better than the the original because the George Benson version is very much this almost like flowering birth of a song of mm-hmm. about it really hits the Here Comes the Sun it's been a winter. It's yeah. spring is coming, and because it's it's very slow and it's very melancholy, it's it's not that up tempo song that the Beatles did. It's very very subdued, and so you really get this vibe of like 
this winter has been shitty. It's been mm-hmm. fucked up and I hate it. Thank God it's the spring. It's Everything's going to be okay. And they do it better than the Beatles ever could. I have to listen because I, I know I've heard it, but I'm not like familiar with it enough where I can yeah. think of it. So I'll have to listen to it with that context. Yeah. I've, I've told many Beatles fans this. They've told me to go fuck off. I understand. I'm not going to at you. I'm not going to tell you to fuck off because I will say this. The Beatles version of that song is not my favorite version of that song. There's a Ooh, cover that I prefer to the Beatles version. Ooh, what's that? Nina Simone. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's good, too. Yeah. It's along those lines. Yeah. You know, and the George Benson one, you could even go, it's a little self-indulgent, mm-hmm. but I I don't care. I don't yeah. care. It's it's beautiful. It, 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 it evokes the feeling of winter ending and, and spring arriving. Oh great! I'm gonna to have to listen to it with that in mind now. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested. That would be the most one I'd be most interested to hear what you think of. Yeah, nice pull. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's time for my number one. All right. Beatles cover. Uh, Frank Sinatra is very famous for having covered this song. Oh. Very famous for often introducing it on stage as his favorite Lennon McCartney song. Which is funny because Lennon McCartney didn't write it. George Harrison did. <laughs> did he say this repeatedly? Like, this is my yeah. favorite Lennon? Yes. Oh, that's he so would credit, fucking... He would constantly credit it to Lennon and McCartney, but George Harrison wrote this one. Oh, that's so fucking it's Frank something. Sinatra. The very famous ballad, Something. Hmm. Something in the way she moves. You know, oh! Yeah, yeah. Frank Sinatra covered but that? I, yes, but I'm not talking about Frank Sinatra's version. Okay, okay. Thank God. I'm talking about a version from 1974 mm-hmm. on his self-titled album, Telly. Oh. Who loves you, baby? <laughs> Telly Savalas. Kojak himself. Uh, singing I... something by the Beatles is the most insane thing <laughs> you will ever hear in your life. I've... Only heard of it, meaning I've never heard the song, but I've heard mm-hmm. the like the uh, history of it and mm-hmm. uh, just the craziness of it. I bet you, knowing you, you're like, yeah, Telly generally did it better than Frank. <laughs> uh, I love Telly. I unironically and truly love Telly Savalas. Uh, I love him in that Twilight Zone episode. I love him in the Dirty Dozen. I think Kojak is the coolest TV detective of all time. Telly Savalas is a hero to all men who shave their heads. So I owe him for for blazing that trail to make that acceptable. Uh, I think Telly Savalas is just a cool guy. Mm -hmm. And his, his version of something is like Sean Connery doing In My Life. Plus William Shatner doing Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. (laughs) Put together. Put together. Oh, my God. Yes. It's the very Who Loves You, Baby version of (laughs) something. It would be great if you just added Who Loves You, Baby in the middle of it. (laughs) Yeah, during the fade out. (laughs) As it's it's fading out, Who Loves You, Baby. (laughs) Who Loves You, Baby. Was this an album of Beatle covers or this just a one-off that he did? Nope. It's wow. not Beatles covers. It's and it's just called Telly. <laughs> that's it, the name it of the album. Be just called Telly. That's yep. great. Yep. That is that is great. 
That's my oh number my one. <laughs> That's very Paul, and I applaud you for that. My my number one, I kind of want you to guess, because I bet you you know it. It's not going to be a big seek surprise. Is it Prince? No. Okay. Close. <laughs> Who else do I love? Who else do you I mean, you love a New Edition? Band-wise. Bobby? It's a band. Uh-huh. A, a, like an actual band with musicians. Okay. The time? <laughs> earlier than the time. <laughs> earlier than the time. But it was a funk band earlier than the time. Oh, oh no, I know. This is going to be uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire's Got to Get You Into My Life. There you go. Yep. Yeah. That's my yes. number one. Yeah. That's my number one. The reason why it's my number one is because I didn't know it was a Beatles song when I heard it. That's insane to me. I had no idea. Yeah. Because uh, it was on there. I know it from their best of that I had as, you know, whenever that best of came out. So I had it for. Well, when did it come out? How, were you an adult? Were you a teenager? When, when are we teenage, talking about? It, I got it when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. but it probably came out because it didn't have some of their later stuff. So it probably came out in the early, mid-80s, and okay. then I got it late 80s. And I was like, this song's great. Got to get you know, life is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had had no no idea. And then I was like, oh, this is a Beatles song? Really? Well, yeah. My next question then is, how long did you labor under the delusion that it was an Earth, Wind & Fire original? When did you find out that it was a Beatles song? I'm going to say Chicago. So all through college. So a good four years. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, I think that, yeah, they're like, oh, I think I was probably with my roommate, Mike. And he was like, yeah, it's a Beatles song. And I was like, it is? Really? He's <laughs> like, yeah, you didn't know that? And, I was and like, then he no played idea. the the Paul McCartney's original for you. And you were like, this is so much better. <laughs> I was like, I love the Beatles now. Yeah. No, I was like, it's fine. But they didn't get as funky as Earth, Wind & Fire, so I don't like it as much. Do you know uh, what the subject of that song is? No. I'll give you a hint. It's not a person. It's not. He's not singing about a woman. Is it weed? It's weed. Is it really? That's a song about weed. Gotta get you into my life is a weed song. Yes. I am fucking gobsmacked. <laughs> that was a song about how much Paul McCartney loved weed. Wow. And he was the he was the. The smokingest beetle. Every single day of my life. Yes, that wow. is a song about how much Paul McCartney loves weed, and that's not like an urban legend. That's that's oh uh, now okay. So that might have turned that just might have turned me on the Beatles right there. <laughs> Paul McCartney genius. still loves weed. Good like for him. John was screwing around with heroin, and yeah. they all you know tried acid. I, Paul liked acid a lot too, but yeah. Paul Paul McCartney always loved he loved that's, weed more than the other Beatles loved weed. He loved weed. That's so funny that that my number one song is to talk about weed. Yeah. No idea. Oh, yep. oh, what a great thing to know now. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. You thought it was an Earth, Wind, and Fire love song. Yes. And it's a Paul McCartney weed song. Yes. Yeah. A, that is a hundred percent exactly. Oh, yep. that's great. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yes. No. I'm. I'm. I'm not surprised that that's your number one. Yeah. Uh, but you couldn't not pick it. No, I had it. to. I, that was always going to be my number one. Yes. Uh, but thank you. This was a treat. Thank yeah, you for awesome. letting us 
dedicate an episode to the Beatles, Kirk. We did it after three and a half years. It only took three and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's it for the pandemisode. Bye. Bye.